Where did I park? Where did I park? Welcome to another journey in trying to find out where did I park? I'm your host, Chris, better known as CP. And I'm here to park some of my thoughts and feelings so I can clear my head and get my life together. So here goes nothing. Well, I guess it goes without saying that last week was probably my most downloaded and listened to and shared episode uh, of uh, Where Did I Park? And that's uh, for good reason, I guess you could say. I'm glad everybody found something out of it to take with them. And um, I don't know, I'm glad we could use it as examples, as thoughts, as places to grow, um, as reasons to want this thing to end and everything else in between. Having said that, I apologize for being a little bit late on the episode. Uh, I'm not going to say I haven't really been feeling like it. It just hasn't been a priority. There's been a lot of stuff that had to shake out. And while I get that all the top podcasts in the world and all the podcast aficionados and and leaders of the world will tell you that you have to be 100% consistent and get it out every single time. But I don't know. That's just not going to happen with me. That's not been my groove. Um, I try to do once a week. Who knows what day of the week that'll be. We'll, we'll work on that in year two as we uh, approach that line. But I just felt like you'll get it when you get it. These are my thoughts. These are my feelings. This is my life. And uh, this is my podcast. This is what I choose to do. So apologize for the delay, but here I am. But having said that, I do appreciate everybody. Um, I appreciate everybody reaching out. I appreciate just my friends um, that I talk to all the time, friends that I don't talk to that much, uh, my frat brothers, my line brothers. Um, appreciate my in-laws. I just appreciate everybody, old church members, um, new church members. Uh, we've even been visiting a couple of churches down the street and they showed us love just from barely knowing us and barely knowing our kids and family. So um, everybody has been real considerate. A um, lot of flowers, a lot of cards. Um, can't say thank you enough. I've been returning a lot of calls to best of my ability. Uh, if I haven't gotten to you, I apologize. I'm working on it. Um, we just don't talk on the phone that much anymore. Everything is text and email and social media and it's, it, it can drive you crazy especially with homeschooling and um working from home just aren't enough hours in the day but i'm uh, doing my best and i know my sisters are as well so uh just one big thank you if i could blanket everybody with it i would of course i can't and i'll try to follow up individually but uh from the bottom of my heart and our heart uh, my family's heart uh we appreciate it and uh, we're all just trying to move forward and kind of find the new normal. And part of it being in the new normal, I guess you have to find closure or figure out how that comes. And you just kind of got to lay out how everything is. Accepting where things went and how they go uh, hasn't been the easiest, but it's still understandable. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that. Uh, I'd be watching a live stream of my dad's, I guess you could say, final rites or a memorial 
and you know his burial not being able to be there due to restrictions uh it's still the right decision still a decision i would make for all the reasons i listed before but it's pretty wild to see um it's pretty wild to figure out you know that's how that's how it all ends i know you know he wanted to live to 100 he'd tell you and he's the type of person where if he said it you just kind of you thought it had some truth to it you believed it and so you didn't put too much effort into fact checking him you just went with it and you know he seemed like he was invincible you know he's your dad and you know he's your superhero and everything like that but you start to pay attention as it gets older and you know the knees don't fire off like they used to and you know the movements are slower and you know if the kids wear us out his grandkids are definitely wearing him out and just uh just the necessity for more things in life really just catching up to him and if you talk to people who were seeing him move around he was moving a little slower so it's not necessarily a justification or saying you know he deserved to go in the way he did but um life has a way of humbling you and uh even when the words don't match up to the actions it's still uh it's still something to see and something to take notice of and it gives you a little bit of thought of you know maybe i still do need to check in and make sure that even though this is what he said uh we're still taking all the steps to make sure he could get to that goal so uh it's definitely uh I don't know, as I've, I've had a last week or two or two weeks and change to kind of process everything, you start to see things a little clearer. You see things uh, how they were. So um, still trying to figure it all out, really. And I think we all are in some aspects. Um, I would say that it feels real. Still a surreal feeling, but it feels real now. But also it feels kind of empty. Um, feels like a void missing feels like something was taken feels like something is gone and something isn't the same maybe that's because both parents are gone or maybe just because this parent is gone but uh, it feels a little empty I'd say thing that I miss him the most about right now is probably <laughs> of all things just little communication little text messages we didn't talk on the phone a crazy amount. Um, I'd say Ashley probably talked to my dad on the phone all the time. Um, but I would talk to my dad every day. There's usually something, usually some random sports highlight or something funny he heard or something funny I heard. And just one of those instinctual things is to pick up the phone, shoot him that one liner. Because in this world of being weirdos and thinking on this side of our brain and um, being engineering minded and being kind of nerdy. Um, we had a, I guess a bond or a friendship or a weird connection with each other where if nobody else in the world got the joke, I knew that I would get his joke corny at all. And he'd get mine or he'd get my reply or on Thursday nights, if I'm bowling, I could shoot a little screenshot of my score and he'd understand exactly what was happening. So messages like that, um, Drew is starting to walk, putting a couple of steps together. So that would definitely be a, you know, a quick 10 second video and send it right over. Just things like that. And my wife would always send him videos and pictures of the boys. So I think if there's anything I miss, it's the communication aspect. Because even when he was in the hospital, you know, there were certain things that I wanted to text him or put in the 
group text with him and my sisters. And, you know, you're just like, ah, I can't do that. Ah, I can't do that. Uh, and yes, of course I can, but I don't know. I don't want to do that. So I think if there's any spot I'm feeling, it's that quick instinct or impulse to text over that corny joke or, or a communication or just a quick update picture and have it be instantly understood and received. I think that it's interesting because I paused on reflecting on a lot of my feelings or having my quote unquote speech ready for the service or having my speech ready for when I got to talk about them because you figure that it should be deep. It should be long. It should be full of highs, lows. It should be, you know, from your birth all the way up till his passing. But that's not really how we rolled. And, you know, it almost felt disingenuous to try to roll out an entire long full feature length movie on, you know, what my dad meant to me. Um, one, I'd forget something. And two, um, that's just not the style. I mean, we appreciate the shine. We appreciate the love, but we don't need that much of it to move forward. I think if any, if there was anything I was going to say, it's kind of, um, I think it's just as simple as one line lead by example. I remember when my mom passed, the line that I used was smile in the face of adversity. And I still do that. And it's helped me a lot and it continues to. Um, but as for when I was up at the church at the funeral, I think my speech was trash, to be honest with you. I think Kyle stole the show. Uh, his was great. He was also like 10, but it was great. <laughs> and so I just, I replayed everything that I said and I replayed what I was thinking in this moment and only thing that I could really wrap my arms around would be to lead by example. And it's interesting because with all the people that have called and texted and chatted and sent information, everybody just talks about how one, he was such a good person and, you know, two, he had silly jokes and just knew how to fill a room with love. But the most important thing was just leading by example, how he helped them do something, how he helped them get a job, how he was working with mentoring, how they looked at him as a leader, how he taught Sunday school for so many years, um, how he uh, was just able to give of himself within the scope of a normal day. I mean, I talked in the podcast before and in our interview before of him like making every single one of my games for the most part, even when I was like an umpire and coming from an hour away and still making it happen. And on the surface, it's like, yeah, he was always there. And then you become an adult and you start to live life and you start to work and you're like, how the hell did he do all this? And so it's like, well, one, he had to have a good enough job to be able to, you know, flex his time and hours like that. And so you start putting pieces together like that. And it's like, you know, I got a lot to live up to. You know, how did he do all that? How was he able to lead by example without even saying too much about it? I think it's kind of the gift and the curse. Um, with me being the youngest, uh, he was obviously a lot more successful by the time I came around, was growing up, and he had gotten past a lot of the struggle years, as we'll call them. You know, those first couple of years where you're trying to build and you're getting promoted or you got to make life decisions and pack up and move. Um, I missed all that. My sister saw some of it, but I missed a lot of that. So 
I don't want to say silver spoon or anything like that, but I think uh, I think I had the cheat code. I think that I saw the examples that he was giving and how he was able to lead, but I didn't see everything that it took for him to get there. So it was kind of like the gift and the curse. I almost took a lot of it for granted. And so it was usually uh, once I had fallen on my butt where he'd pick me up and talk to me about not only where I went wrong, but just how and how he could relate because once upon a time, some things had happened to him and he had to make right decisions. And as my boy Alan pointed out, even as a coach or in life, even if the temper came hard, um, the love followed right after it. And he wouldn't hesitate to let you know that you messed up, but he'd also be there and help you through it. So, yeah, you were going to catch it, but he wasn't just going to let you go. You were also going to be consoled and you're also going to be helped and figure out how we can get through this and how we can move on and not do it again. So he'd get you, but he wouldn't leave you. And I think that's important. And that's kind of where we were. He didn't have to give me a lot of words, even though he always had them. He didn't have to give me a lot of them where he could just show you what he was doing and you could just pay attention to how he was moving and how he was acting. And you knew that was what you needed to do. Even if you didn't always know how to get there, you knew that's what he needed to do. So when you saw him help somebody or when now that he's gone, everybody is telling you what he what they had done for him or what he had done for them. You understand more and more just how much importance, how how important it is to be that leader, how it important it is to show others what you're doing without having to stop and say, this is what I'm doing. So on one hand, that's just amazing. You know, like I said, um, if you had ever seen the movie Big Fish, uh, I love that movie. I don't know why, but um, one, I do believe all the stuff he was saying. But two, like with all the lives that you've touched, if you're just living, it's not that big of a deal for you. But when somebody else looks at it, it's kind of hard to believe. But it gives you a sense of pride knowing that this was, you know, your guy. This was your connection. And to be connected to him directly is a powerful thing. So I'm really excited to be part of the legacy and the lineage of Big Fish. But at the same time, it gives you a little anxiety. It gives you a little bit of fear. Um, It makes you question yourself because you want so hard for him to love you and accept you. And you want him to be proud of you. But. You're not looking at it in the same way that he is. I'm looking at it in the same way of, well, he was able to do all this stuff because he was wildly successful in this, that, and the third. So how do I become wildly successful so I can do those same little things for my kids or I can, you know, be that leader. If he can see me doing the same things that he was doing, then he'll call me a success. But that's not the way life works and that's not the way he looked at it. So even though I know better, it still feels partly not necessarily like a failure but like an unfulfilled dream but if you talk to anybody who knew him then you knew he was always showing pictures talking about his kids um, beaming about what we were doing even when we weren't doing much he was still proud I think he really mastered the art of being there sometimes that's all you gotta do 
most times all you got to do is show up, especially for your family and friends. So I try to do that myself. It's not always easy, as I'm sure it wasn't for him, but he just had a way of being there. Even when you weren't sure he was going to be, he just found a way to be there. So that's super special. And so it's important to take those lessons and use those as the example of what's really important versus, you know, what we want to materialize or what we want to make tangible when everything about him was an intangible rock star, was an intangible, unstoppable force. And so if there's anything I need to take from that, especially in times of sadness or especially in times of self-doubt when I feel like I didn't live up enough to it or I didn't do everything I needed to do so he could see it, um, it's to lead by example and make sure that example isn't a money example or a um, just a physical example of this is me doing something. It's me being the best dad I can be, me holding it down for my family, um, me trusting and loving my wife, me um, being a good person overall, me doing the things that he taught without having to sit me down and and point out ABC, but with me catching on. Um, with people around me having the same type of feelings about me that um, all these people calling me had the feelings about him. Um, if my kids can pull from me some of the things that I pulled from him, then that's where my success is. That's where his pride lies. And I talked before about feeling really sad and feeling ripped away from my mom with my dad. I, I feel charged up. I feel a responsibility and I feel like he's proud enough to have given me the legacy to carry on. And I have at least three chances to um, carry that legacy on it and spread that throughout. So that's where I am choosing to lead by example and make sure that if I'm tight enough all around, then, you know, the pride will lie through the legacy and the legacy will continue to live on. So that's where I'm at. That's my big fish moment. That's my uh, keep it under two minutes speech. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Am I sad? Yes. Do I have a clue of what's going to happen and when this is going to be over? No. Do I have all the answers? No. Am I pretending? No. But am I downtrodden, can't move? I am not. Am I upbeat? I don't know. I'm okay. Um, do I feel the emptiness? Yes. But do I also feel fulfilled? Kind of. And that feels kind of weird, but I'm going to roll with it. Do I miss my text messages? Absolutely. But will I continue to be the best I can be and lead by example for those looking at me? Um, you better believe it. So, um, Life, unfortunately, does come at you fast, so buckle up. So from the big fish um, through me down to the little fish, the minnows or whatever you want to call them. Big dummy. I told y'all I was going to do it. I warned you. I warned them. I let it be known. And I executed. 
the dad cuts were a success. I practiced on myself first. First of all, I was looking terrible. Like I was ashamed of myself. Um, my wife didn't ask for no kisses and I didn't give any out because I looked like trash. Um, so I decided to go in on myself first just to one, see if I can still, you know, feel the right handle and make sure I'm doing the right things and get my pressure tones down. And plus, if I mess up my hair, that ain't nothing. My hair is barely there anyway right now. I'm just counting down. <laughs> but I don't want to mess up the kids hair. I probably couldn't live that down for a while. So once I was confident and once I hooked myself up, I was able to call the boys in there and got them right. Took a little patience, took a little... uh trust on both sides but we were able to get through it um yeah this quarantine hit everybody so just had to get there straight they're back down to a manageable level uh if you've seen on the internet some of the uh some of the edges look pretty decent so i'm proud of myself am i a professional no am i going to get my license no can i charge 80 dollars a cut no but i can do my kids hair if they need to be done so I'm excited about that. Everything worked out. I know there was a lot of uh, a lot of scared looks, but we made it happen. So I'm excited about it. And it was right in time for Jackson's birthday. My oldest is eight years old now. Um, of course, we couldn't have the super big fun birthday party that we really wanted to due to everything happening. But we were able to cook out as he requested burgers and dogs and a few other things. So that was dope. He got every Beyblade imaginable to mine, to the human touch. Uh, they're all here. They're all spinning around the house. They're all trip hazards. They're all choke hazards. So we really do have to be careful. And he's got to master the art of cleaning up after himself. But he had a good day. And so that made me excited. That made us all excited. Uh, sometimes you just need a little sunshine. Sometimes you need a good day in the midst of all these bad days or in the midst of everything weird. So for those few hours of that day, we were able to block out the world and just focus on us and focus on what made us family and nothing else mattered. We didn't have too many other worries and uh, we just had fun. So I'm glad he had fun. I'm glad the haircuts worked out, pulled the tooth too. So I don't know, we were rocking this weekend. It was a good family weekend. And now we're back to school at home and work at home and you feel the grind weighing on you, but we feel a little bit more accomplished. Maybe that was the battery in the back that we needed to get through these next couple of weeks or as they turn into months and we figure out what we're going to do. You know, maybe that's what we needed. So we're going to ride with it and we're going to take it and we'll move on from there. So speaking of moving on from there, I'm not going to keep everybody long. I just wanted to provide a quick update. Say what's up. Say what's on my heart. Say how I feel. Um, Salute my dad one more time and really just trying to move forward from all this Corona mess and everything that's happened. Um, obviously, we can't get rid of it. There's still going to be more news, but I don't know. This is like five or six episodes in a row where it's been some sort of focus. So I'm tired of it. I still need to catch up on a lot more things and there's a lot more people doing a lot more stuff. And if I'm going to come out of this leveling up or at least just breaking even. Uh, I need to move forward. So let's go ahead and move forward now and get to some uplift. 
So I don't know who's been to the grocery stores or any other stores where they're practicing social distancing and letting you in one at a time and making sure that you're six feet apart and all that stuff. I salute all that. I think it's good. Um, I go in there masked up, hooded up, uh, gloves on. I do all of it. Um, Sanitizer, spray. I'm trying to make sure I'm good out here. Um, Going on runs to pick up supplies when we need them at random stores. So really just trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. But uh, I've even talked with other customers and I've talked to employees at different stores. And I think if there's any one big thing a lot of people are missing, it's the face to face contact that a lot of us are, are just gone from. You know, when you wear that mask, you can't see anything. You can't see if anybody's cussing you out. You can't see if anybody's smiling with you, laughing at you. You can't give them a little gesture to let them know it's their turn or they go first or anything. I'm one of those people who just thrives from my smile. Um, The smile is one of the things that that makes me. Um, I love my smile. Um, Crooked teeth and all and underbite and everything. Um, My smile just is part of me. And to have it covered up, it's kind of disheartening because a lot of people can't see my intentions or see, you know, how I feel and I look scarier, I look angrier, or I look more plain than I am. And so I've had to adjust and um, talking with people and just having to tell them I'm smiling on the inside or I'm smiling under this is, is hard. But it made me think that we can't, even in these times of despair, when we have to cover up, we can't cover up our smile. Just because the world can't see it or chooses not to see it right now, that shouldn't be the reason why we don't use it at all. It's a muscle. Our our lips and our mouth and our jaws, those are muscles. And so we need to continue to exercise them in a positive direction. So even if we can't physically show the world how we feel or show the world that we're doing better or show the world that we're in a good mood, we have to continue to do things to put us in that happy mood so that when it is time to reveal ourselves or it is time to breathe again amongst others, they can see where we're at and we won't be lost on the inside. Don't let these masks cover up your smile. Don't let these masks cover up your ambitions, your dreams, your hopes, or just your kindness. There's so much going on in this world and for us to not be able to show who we really are, we at least need to act in the ways that we know we are and lead by the example that I talked about before. So even if we're looking for the smile, let's show us with our heart who we are and what we're about. Life comes at you fast. I'm just trying to keep up with yesterday, but I'll be back soon to unload some more of the good, bad, and ugly. And I hope you'll join me again because once I take my mask off, I'll still have a smile And I'll still need some help trying to find out where did I park.